comes. Kyanos, flesh comes. A new depth, a new fountain, a new depth, a new fountain. Kyanos! The Bible says that the word of God is like a two-edged sword. He said, cutting asunder to the dividing of the soul and spirit. If you have done the doctrine of man, that man is in three dimensions, one of the things you will notice is that the most delicate um, union that is hard for you to divide is the soul and spirit. Such that many people that taught the doctrine of the inner man before now, some of them say that soul is the same thing with spirit. But the word can be like a sword in the mouth of a man. And then at that moment, it can cut between the soul and the spirit. It had become obvious as she was speaking that the soul and spirit was divided. You now saw many things you were doing that is out of the soulish realm. It became obvious that it was not powered from the spirit. Huh? It is easier for you now to make judgment concerning matters in your life because that is the essence of dividing. So that you'll be able to know from whence the fountain by which you live your life is coming from. Are you living from the soul and you want to accomplish an agenda, a mandate that is spiritual in nature? It is impossible. It is impossible to fulfill a spiritual adventure using resources that came from the soul. So a man must learn when the spirit of God by the word is dividing between the soul and the spirit. That's why you need to go back and listen to this so that there, is, there will be a full working of that dividing. By the time you come out, it will, you will know where to lay your pitch, where to pitch your tent. Many people are built by the flesh, built carnally, built from the soul. And when the spirit began to make emphasis, after 10 years of building, they found out that they used the material. God is not aware of their building. I just came to take your questions. So, you, you can be writing it, but this thing struck a burden. You see, the major reason why we are bringing this thing across to you is that we want to deliver the body of Christ from diseases that is coming. Because the scripture testified, I think in the book of Matthew chapter 7, he began to speak about the days that is coming. He said that there are them that will come and bring signs and wonders. Many things will be manifest. But he said, by their fruits you shall what? Now meanwhile, you cannot know what you have not interacted with. How many of you have tried to find out between fake and original money? The only accurate way to know the money that is original is to use, to know fake is to use original for long. Are you with me? So if you have used original for long, when you see fake, you will know. So men have not tested the original. How will then, how would they then know that which is fake? You now see. That it takes the knowledge of God for a man to come into the economy of what we speak about. It is when you know that which is real, then when the fake is manifest, you can look at it and say, This one is a false prophet. Be 
because if you use manifestation as she said many of the things they do the bible said that it will be great signs and wonders such that even them that are real might not have done as much as they have done many their ways look as if it's correct their dressing is correct their lingo is correct they say jesus they say christ they say bible they say holy ghost when you look at their character he never testifies on where we are going look at those ones you know that they are agents of satan meanwhile you won't know until you have intercourse are you with me that scripture that spoke in the book of second peter chapter one he said that we have been made partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust that word partake is koinonia knowledge of God is a big gnosis. It's a complete and exact knowledge. It's a particular point in the spirit where you know that what you have intercourse with is the accurate perspective of God. Anything that is outside of the context that has been furnished by the interaction with that knowledge is obviously wrong, false and not from God. to take your question precious I came to take but there is a body many in the church pastors will be deceived many people will be deceived the scripture said that they will even come in my name so if you just put your tent in the fact that they mentioned the name of Jesus you will be lost if you put your tent that they healed you will be lost if you pitch your tent that they related with the mentors that you respect, you'll be lost. Because there are many things about your life that even your mentor is not aware. Are you getting my point now? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you have to come to that point in the spirit where you're, you're, you have been trained in exact knowledge. And your capacity to judge matters is beyond the sight of the eyes. That was the basis of the critical anointing that came upon the Messiah. He said he will not judge by the sight of his eyes. This man has been groomed in the spirit. It's not an impartation. Are you with me? There is a training your spirit will receive. Have you not noticed? There is a way you are used to waking up in the night. When it's time to wake up, you wake up. Your eyes will still not open. That's how I wake up. Sometimes I wake up like this. I wake up. Meanwhile, I have, my eyes have not opened. But my subconscious has been given to waking up at that instant. It, I wake up because it's something that is built into the fabric of my being. I function subconsciously. I live thereby. Satan can't deceive me in the last days. Because I've given myself the knowledge that is exact. And then God has built his nature and character in me. I won't be taken away. I won't be lost. I will be kept. Save yourself from the evil day. Many false prophets shall come in my name. And the scripture even said that they will do many signs and wonders. They will talk like Jesus. Do you know what it means to come in the name of Jesus? Do you know what it means? To come in the name of Jesus is even deeper than mentioning the name of Jesus. 
If you just to mention the name of Jesus, we have known that there are certain instances when somebody can mention the name of Jesus, whereas he doesn't come because of Jesus. What it means to come in the name of Jesus is that he is a people assume by the way he is presenting his engagement and mandate that the force and inspiration behind what he's doing is who? Jesus. That is the authority of Jesus is the name of Jesus. So he is moving ahead and from the way the structure and the emphasis he's making is looking by men's interpretation. It seems as if it was Jesus that sent him. Have you not noticed that there are men that stand as if they are standing for Jesus. They mention Jesus. They mention love. They mention the body of Christ. They mention miracles. They mention every single thing we mention. But when we trace them by this character, we will not see. We will find out that there is a, a, a great departure from the very nature of God. So, are you with me? And these are not the things you use head knowledge to know. You can read their books, hear their message, look at what they are doing, and you will never be able to know that even though they are doing these things, that Jesus did not send them. So it will take you participating in the character and nature of God for you to be able to make a judgment. Are you with me? False prophets are coming. And if, if it's possible, even the elect, that's the scripture, will be taken away. There will be a great falling away. Save yourself and save your household. Save yourself and save your household. Pray for one minute. How many we can touch, but for now, give me, give me some. In the book of Deuteronomy, you know Deuteronomy, Exodus chapter thirty-three, there is an event that took place. Have you read Exodus chapter thirty-three? You need to read it. That is when you will see a manifest dimension of a man that has entered into the depths of God. His name was Moses, because the ministry of Moses was characterized by strange authority. You see, a man of authority ministry does not need to prove many things, he says. Because there is a witness from heaven eh, to portray the points that he makes. Because the only way to differentiate him from the other men is not in the natural. We have to reach out to the eternal realm and then bring in to bring substances, eh, support systems to portray the points that he's making. So in certain cases, Moses will appear and say, um, some of them will appear and say, uh, you prophesy. We too will prophesy. God speaks by our mouth. And then Moses will come and stand aside and say, if it is true that we are the same, let God come and speak and confirm. 
and then God will thunder from heaven. That is when you will realize that even though all of us are dressed the same, that we are not the same in the spirit. That is the kind of man that this, this scripture is describing in the book of Exodus chapter 33. A time came, the scripture testified that this man looked and saw God and spoke with God. What? That is the kind of man that he is. Many of the things we are still seeking to experience in the new covenant, that is the the ambience of the man that is called Moses. Sometimes he lives to the mountains for 40 days and nights. I know you heard that he went once. He's not once. He went at least two times. You are not aware. The first one he went, he broke it. God now called him up the second time. And in the second time, he wrote it by himself. So he lives there perpetually. Where you are, you are struggling to fast for three days. Moses lives there perpetually. As if it is his ambience. People struggle to fast, struggle to pray, struggle to stay and show the presence. Moses lives there. When he comes down, the scripture testifies that he wished not that his face what shines. Ah. Some of us have tested that place and we know the impact it can have on men and in a generation. When a man comes down from the mountain after experiencing God and the tangibilities of God is manifest around his life, he carries the ambience of the place and the person that he encountered. Sometimes when you come down from that place, your very clothing will begin to manifest the dimensions of God. Your words will be clothed with the dimension of God's glory. That's the kind of man that Moses was. Meanwhile, that's not my point. My point is that that man came to a point, even with the testimonies, confirmations of God himself, he came to a point, he said, if I found favor in thy sight, what? The question is, what does he mean by glory? This is a man that his face has shined. This is a man that came down from that mount with God, and men were not able to look upon his face. The scripture said that he, he covered his, his face with a veil so that men would not look upon him. The question is, if that one is no glory, what is glory? It's only him and God that knows that that one is no glory. It's only him. Are you with me? The people that are, that are viewing, that they are there for viewing center. May you not be in Revival Hub as a viewing center. Mm. May you be carried in the move. I don't know why anytime there is a move of God, there are people that will decide to be bystanders. All they desire in the move of God is to tell story. I was there when it happened. <laughs> I was there when Pastor Du started and this thing was possible. I was there now. They will look at you. They will not see the testimony of the move of God in your generation. You are just a storyteller, a bystander, the man that came to a viewing center. That is the testimony of the majority of the Israelites that was there when Moses was busy having an encounter. Meanwhile, when the call came in, God called all of them to the mountain. They said, Moses, go. We are not willing to experience the dimension of glory. The price is too high for us to pay. We can go further. We can stay here. That is the challenge in a generation. They, they can decide this in themselves and say, let these people, let, let these men of God go. We, we want, we'll be praying, you know, huh? 
But let's pray like this. Let, let's not fast too much. It's not about your prayer. It's not about your fasting. God is a God of grace. God is a God of mercy. We don't want to push ourselves. It's not about what you are doing. It's about what God has done. What they didn't know is that God did something so that you'll be enabled to do something. In the kingdom, you are not permitted to do when God has not done. Eh? There are three dimensions of, of postures that you take in the kingdom. The sitting posture, eh? the walking posture, and the standing posture. A man has to sit first. It is a proof that you don't begin in the kingdom by doing anything. You begin by realizing what has been done. That is an established fact. But when you stop there, you will realize that you will never benefit from the things that you have seen done. You will have to give yourself to the works of faith. Then the things that are the finished works of faith in Christ will become a reality in your life. When you begin to see it, men will not testify about God simply because it's in the scripture, but because it's manifest in your life. You become an embodiment of the truth of God, classified in your life. Because the testimony and the expectation of God according to the body of Christ is that he said that the church is the ground and pillar of truth. Meaning that any dimension of, of reality that is of God, any truth that we seek that is of the kingdom, when a man looks upon the church, then he begins to see those truths manifest. If we seek power, it is in the church. If we seek truth, it is in the church. If we seek prosperity, it is in the church. If anything we seek, the church has become what? The ground. And what? Pillar. It was after that time that we God actually showed us that what Moses saw, his face shine, was just a dimension of glory that is just an effulgent dimension. The one that just manifested. The, 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 the glory that Moses carried before that second encounter was a rub-off. Say a rub-off. The reason why we know it's a rub-off is that that dimension of glory, it can make men to fall. But if you don't go for a, another rub-off. Are you with me? If you don't go for another rub-off and go to a meeting two weeks without going to another rub-off, you will notice that that glory will reduce. Yes. It is then that you begin to find out the predicament that Moses saw. His own came out of experience. And God in him was teaching us in a type what we are going to see in the new creature. It was then that God now said, I, you indeed have found favor. What? In my sight. Because there are certain words that we are used in that engagement that are New Testament, New Covenant languages. Are you with me? Things like favor, things like grace, they are not Old Covenant language. This is a man that brought the law. Eh? Meanwhile, he operated by grace. I say God can take you any place. The reason why grace came is that we will have the liberty to explore God. Before grace came, it is not you, are, you don't have the liberty. So for a man to receive grace and be docile and dormant, it is you have taken the grace of God for granted. You don't know the power where grace can power you to in God. When a man prays for 12 hours, indeed you will know that it is grace that what powered him. No man can do it. There is no man that can pray for 12 hours in his own strength. Anyway, there are people that pray in the flesh. I'm not talking about those. Who. So when God now unveiled himself, he 
say, I will show you my name. I will show you my goodness. I will unveil my purpose. And you will behold the intricate nature of me. The innermost part of me. I will unveil the, the hidden dimensions of me. What makes me up?
Somebody said, number one. Sir, so I desire to see God by perpetual separation <laughs> from people to build but the busyness in the administration of God's work and my profession will not permit me that it can even cause sometimes mental stress and difficult to spend much time with God could this be a dealing You want to spend a perpetual time with God. I think what you need to learn is how to practice God's presence. Huh? People like Paul is a tent maker. That's even far away. People like my father in the Lord works in the oil industry. There is one of his messages I listen to when we are going for rural rugged. My second baptismal rugged. When I was doing your service some years ago. What he was saying in that message was that sometimes when he started initially, he didn't know how to handle the whole stuff. So he will go to work. How many of you you have lived in Lagos before? Uh-huh. Do you know when I did my industrial training in Lagos? Huh? I move against traffic. Meanwhile, I wake up. We wake up by 4.40. That is because we move against traffic. So, anybody staying in Lagos knows that if you are going to work and you are starting by 8, you need to give, you need to dedicate, are you with me? A burnt offering of 3 hours of your life in the morning. And 3 in what? In the night. In the minimum. That all things being equal. So the six hours of your life is invested in Lagos traffic. How much time is remaining? That is aside the fact that you are stressed in your day's work. So how does a man like that survive? So there are a few wisdom that my father in the Lord brought out. And some of us have practiced it. When I was in youth service, it happened to me. So I stopped taking bike to work. Not because I don't have money. But so that I will use the opportunity. The 30, 40 minutes is not enough. But from where I am, before I will trek to where I'm going to my workplace, it will now be two hours. From when I started, everything, two hours. So I will be going, I will put earphone. Be walking where no car will jam me because I'm in my own world. Then I will put some hot worship songs and tongues. And it will, it will be blasting. Imagine when our prayer tongues, maybe it's Ugochuku's own that is blasting in your ear. You won't even know what is happening on the road. So before you trek and get to that place, you would have gained mileage of at least 30 minutes to 45 minutes. So sometimes if you notice you are not able to make up in your prayer schedule in the night, use trekking to complete it. Not because you can't board bike. Are you getting this one? The second one is that depending on your type of work, you can pray in tongues while doing it. Not shakatapaka, no. Under your breath. You need, you need to learn different modes of prayer. There are people that can pray with, beside you for four hours. You won't know they are praying. I can do it. 
as much as I can groan, I can also do it. I can do all kinds of prayer. The only way you will know is that I will say, help me Jesus. That's the only way you will know. Then you will be muttering under you. And I heard that there is face marks these days. Use it as an excuse. You are not with me. Use, that thing is a blessing. It will cover your mouth. They will know business is going on. <laughs> so, um, you learn how to practice God's presence. If His way is allowable, play some of our messages. What it does to you is that it cultures your environment. So that even if you did not outrightly pray, by the time you are coming back in the evening, see, you are not, the stress of the day zaps you of virtue. But when you condition your environment, you, virtue will not be lost much. So when you come back, even though you are tired, but your spirit is in a prayer mode, it will be easy for you to flow. Are you with me now? And so, somebody that is saying you want to go out perpetually, that one is not obtainable in this world. As a matter of fact, what we teach is contact without contamination. Jesus live with people day to day. And if the demand is high, sometimes you have to pay more price. That in some seasons in your life, you have to just be sleeping for four hours or five. Stop sleeping eight hours. Are you suffering from death attack? The spirit of the... If you sleep, can you be sleeping more than eight hours? Is the spirit of death looking for you? One day you sleep and die. <laughs> Meanwhile, is what I'm trying to say is that sometimes pressure is put on you to deliver in a season. Such that you need to cut down, you need to pay the price. For the majority of the time I did my youth service, I barely slept for three hours. Three hours. If I sleep four, <laughs> that means nobody disturbed me during the day. That means as soon as we finished night devotion, I off my phone, slept. They will still be knocking in at the door. You know, how many of you have NCCF setting? There is where the brothers, executive brothers room is called the Saka room. Then there is a ladies room that is close to us. They will come and knock. I want to see, pray you. Because as Preyo, what they call us those days is the spiritual leader. So, it means that we should have what it takes to solve people's problems. I tried my best anyway. So, but you will die. If all your emphasis is to solve people's problems. What you don't know is that what it takes to solve problems is inside. If you have not gotten it and you come and you can't offer, no matter what the person tells you, you can't offer him any help. So, for you to be able to offer help, you need to retreat. Sometimes. So, if I sleep by that 10, 11, then I can wake up by 2. Then I will pray to devotion around 5. Then after devotion around 6, they, my fellow brothers will be rushing bedroom. I will sleep. The reason why you are struggling to sleep, have you not noticed, if you want to sleep, you use one hour to boot before you sleep, is because you have free time. When you have accumulated sleep, you are not with me. How many of you know that realm? There is what we call accumulated sleep. Any 30 minutes. The reason why you are struggling you, in the night, you say you don't sleep on time, you sleep around 11. Meanwhile, you ate around 8.30 and slept 11. Unless it's your choice. Make sure it doesn't affect your waking up. 
Are you with me? That was by the way. So, you can practice God's presence and you can sacrifice a little more. Totally taking away yourself from people is what caused trouble in the former Roman Catholic Church. That's how monks came about. You won't even know whether God is helping yourself if you stay alone like that. I'm not talking about retreats. There is a way you will get into and then you will think that God has helped you. Only for you to realize that when you come out from that place, that with everything that happened, as you are carrying that thing from that your prayer thing, somebody will do something and then you get angry. That's how you will know that oh boy, these three days fasting did not achieve much. Has it not happened to you? Uh-huh. So, sometimes it's, it's even important to come out to check and measure progress that has been made. Are you with me? After some time, it's even brethren that will testify that there is a shift. Don't go and hide. A pastor said he want to go and fast. And fast until his life is rearranged. And the anointing, everything he needs for life and ministry comes. So he went to his friend. You have heard this story. So I shouldn't tell it. Should I still tell the story? <laughs> so he, he went to meet his friend that is married. So he was there fasting. First day, second day, third day. The wife is at home. The man will go to work. Before you know it, he fasted into the man's room. And then fasted to his bed. You are not with me. Caleb, you are not with me. (laughs) Fasted into the man's bedroom. And then there was intimacy. The one, the Lord give you understanding on the type of intimacy that went on. Because the one that went to fast, is he not intimacy he's seeking? Intimacy happened. And the woman got pregnant. That's Satan. He will make sure, even if he's once. May the Lord help you in Jesus' name. That's how they warned us in school of ministry. They said, even if he's a rumor, with you and a damsel, if, I, if it's me, that thing they train me with, if I hear rumor about you, that there is, whether it's true or not, we'll keep you one side until we verify. Why is it that it took God 40 years to make Moses, but it took just an encounter on the day of Pentecost to change Peter? I have said it. I have said it for two reasons. One is this. Actually, Moses operated in the Old Covenant. So it is... God cannot reach out to him on the inside on a legal basis. Because the Spirit... It takes the spirit to administer the things of God on the inside. The spirit was working, but it's predominantly what? Outside. So, most of God's administration has to come from outside in. Are you with me? But from the new covenant, God's administration comes from what? Inside out. So, that is the fundamental reason why. Are you with me? Then also, um, encounters can do a lot to people. That's why this place is a house of encounters. You, you can't imagine what one encounter to, can do to you. Look at somebody like Isaiah. One encounter and is that he was pushed. There are people that are struggling with masturbation, struggling with many things. 
There are all kinds of fasting. There is nothing that have not, they have not done to them. They sat under somebody preaching to them. And fire began to burn them from their head to their toe. Fire, 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 fire. By the time the preaching was through, they were pushed. Even they, they felt it. They, some people, they feel it in their tongue. I'm telling you, like real life experience. They feel as if their tongue is pushed. It will start taste. They will feel the taste of what is happening in their hearts, in their tongue. Their encounters, so. The encounters you have when you come out, if you are proud, you you'll be looking for pride. You won't see it. Seek encounters. Are you with me? So, the principal way God deals in the new covenant is from inside out. So, the Holy Spirit was able to enter the heart of Peter and walk in his heart. And the environment that they afforded, they afforded him in the day of Pentecost was sufficient to allow him to minister that dimension of encounter. Are you with me? That's why you need to find yourself in query side like this. It, go, it is easier for God to work in your life in this type of environment. Haven't you noticed? So don't compare yourself with Moses. As good as, as big as his encounters is. Eh? Don't compare yourself with the old covenant people. You have a serious advantage when the Holy Spirit works inside of you. Somebody said, are all dealings from God? Um, the word you chose is not too correct. But I understand your question. So if somebody is passing through some things, does it mean all of them is from God to strengthen your character? <laughs> Don't allow Satan to deal with you. Satan can deceive you, you are suffering for God. One of the ways is, are you with me? One of the ways is he can afflict you with sickness. There are things that can never be coming from God. For example, is witchcraft a dealing from God? Let me give you one litmus test to identify seasons of dealings or circumstance of dealing is a litmus test when you are in a, in a season or in a place of dealing one of the signs that is a dealing is that if you yield to it there will be grace it will be tough but there will be grace if there is no grace stop and check are you with me so in seasons of dealing for example Jesus was at Gethsemane the event that he was passing through cannot be overturned. He has to what? Pass through it. Are you with me? So what did God do to help that circumstance? He ministered strength and grace to him. Are you with me? So that is one of the ways. Not all is dealings. Meanwhile, dealing is not the right word to use anyway. Why is it that you know that the trait you are to exhibit is not good and is disgusting? After you will, after you, after you will find yourself doing it. I don't know if I fully understood this. Maybe the person meant, you know that, it, eh? Why is it that you know that the trait you are? 
to exhibit is not good and is disgusting. Hmm? After you after after you will find yourself doing it. If my understanding is correct, the person is asking, you know that uh, this thing is wrong and there is a possibility of you doing it. You already know. And even though you still know, you still saw yourself do it and you are not pleased. It's good and bad. If you have, if you have deliberately started working on it, it is not bad. Are you with me? I was teaching them something in the morning and I told them that you can come to a place where you notice that something is wrong in your life. Eh? Maybe anger. But even though you knew something is wrong in your life, you didn't know how bad it is. I hope you know that there are sometimes you know something is wrong, but you don't know how bad is, the thing is actually. So, you began to pray and fast. You can even go on seven days fast for God. Deal with anger. The first five, three days, you deal with anger. Deal with anger. Deal with anger. Only for you to finish the seven days fasting. And almost broke your sister's head. You'll be wondering, I thought I was praying. This thing should stop now. Now let me tell you what is happening. There is, in, you are a medical personnel. Can you administer uh, um, cure without diagnosis? What is happening is that there is diagnosis going on. The Holy Spirit is trying to tell you not just what is wrong, the extent of what is wrong. Uh, the medical doc, there is, there is what we call viral load, right? So, viral load, it varies. I'm correct. So, some people, their own is low. Just because you have not started manifesting symptoms, is it a foolproof that your viral... Are you not getting the point? So when you fast, the Holy Ghost will show you that your viral load is high like this. So you will now know how despicable this, the, your life is. You will now know how much you need to cry out. Are you getting the point now? And most that it happens, even if it's lost, there is a way you start praying and fasting and it will even increase. You wonder... Uh-uh. I, I was fasting three days and then I now masturbated. Does it mean my fasting is a waste? Well, let me give you help. One of the things happening is that the Holy Spirit is trying to search deep to the matter. He, he steered the whole water so that you will know how, how terrible what you have found yourself in is. So that you will know that the dealing that is needed to solve the matter will not be on surface level. Are you with me? Because if that thing didn't happen, you will, just, you will just do one small thing and go. You will not know how dejected that circumstance is. Are you with me now? So you will now fully surrender. The extent to which you surrender and yield yourself to the treatment table of the Holy Spirit is dependent on the understanding you gained by that revelation of your weakness, your infirmity. Are you with me now? So, it is, on this side, it is good. But on the other side, it is bad if you notice that you say, I won't do something and you are doing That means you are still, if he's repeating himself, it means that you are trying to solve that problem in the flesh. I will not be angry with this person again. In Jesus' name. Say Amen. Tomorrow the person will make you so, and you will be angry before you notice. And then you wonder what is this now. The reason is that you realized a weakness, but you try to solve it where? 
in your own power in that mood you will not be able to achieve the result of the spirit I believe I've tried if there is let me answer to you Sir, please, is it biblical to sit under the ministration of a pastor who happens to be a divorcee and is currently making plans of marrying another wife? Meanwhile, something in me is not at peace with his state. This one is a big question that is bigger. It's not bigger, but it will derail us. I will take out time next week and answer all kinds of questions from you. But this one will derail us. So I need to show you from the scripture. Because from what this thing is saying, we are not seeing the whole picture. Huh? There are at least one or two or three bases upon which a marriage contract can be dissolved. But I'm not going. It's in the Bible. When a man gives himself to consistent adultery, you are even risking your life, self. What if you collect HIV? Are you with me? You are not with me. What if you collect HIV? But if it's a mistake, when we have, we will show. There is a mistake. If it's a mistake, huh? the honor is on you to forgive. Papa, can I identify a character? God is working up part time, yes. What should be our response to it? First response to everything that is happening in your life is to seek knowledge. The first prize a man are you with me? The first prize, if you check we didn't have time to list out a few of the that is not the summary of all the characters, but if you check the ones that is in the book of Second Peter chapter one, he said to faith add what? Huh? You, are, you didn't even read it. To faith, add what? To faith, you add what? Huh? Add knowledge. You didn't read it. So it's knowledge. So knowledge is one of the, in fact, the fundamental price you pay in, the knowledge, in, in seeking God. And when the scripture says knowledge, there are many things. There are at least three things the scripture means by knowledge in the New Testament. One, is gnosis. Second is gnosko. Three is epignosis or epignosko. Are you with me now? The first one that is okay. There is even another one. That's not where I'm going. It will distract me. What I'm trying to say is that the first knowledge is find information first. Stop looking for revelation. Find information. Sit down. Read your Bible from. Matthew to Revelation. Some, some people have not read Bible from Matthew to and they are asking questions. The answer is in the Bible. You are, asking, you are asking a man that they don't know. You have not read Bible. There are people, if, they have not read, if you have not read your Bible, if you ask me a question, I will know. Somebody asked me a question and I answered. He now asked another one. I said, consult your Bible. Because the problem is not to answer him. I know he will drop it. If you drop your Bible, you can drop my answer. Who am I? So when you, when you find that knowledge, you will engage by knowledge. Say engage by knowledge. It will inform the protocol that you will use to tackle the matter. 
Huh? There are certain character deficiencies that you have to sit around brethren for it to be cured. You can't isolate yourself. Majority of the time, the, the major reason why we find ourselves in a body setting, one of, God taught me body mechanism for four years because of the scope and authority of the ministry he's handing over to me. The reason is because for character to be molded in you, you must understand body life. That is where character is actually taught. If you separate yourself, you will not know character. It is when you stay amongst brethren that many things will be manifest. That person you are calling mama, if you live one week with him, oh my God. <laughs> there are some brothers, you see the way they use tie like this. They will use their tie like this. Use tie clip. Hold it. And then they pray in tongues. I pray with this man in the night. Jesus. If you are not ready to pray, don't pray with him. He will carry seat on his head. And he will be doing like this. But he's a good man. He's a good man. What I'm trying to say, somebody can pray like that and you look at the brother and say, Jesus, he's just ticking your boxes. Say, ticking your boxes. I like his smile. I like his haircut. He can pray in tongues. He moves in power. He, I like his dress sense. Until you now meet the person at home where people are. In their home. Then you now know there is trouble. You cannot recognize the person. In, an, in a setting. Sometimes I sit down and watch my brothers that live in tents. It is when they came to live in ten that we found out they are not as good as we thought. Is it not true? He revealed everybody's weakness. If I say let's pray, that's why they are praying. You are not praying. The reason why they are praying more than you is because they know. You, you have not known. If you think I'm joking, gather these sisters. Put them in a house. Some sisters are saying they want to come and live like the brothers in ten. Me, I didn't answer them. I don't have the energy to, to settle matter. Me, I don't have the energy. I'm hoping for the grace tomorrow, but it never come. <laughs> How do you differentiate between a process and an attack? One of the ways to differentiate, give yourself to prayer and fasting. The scripture says, in the seasons that Jesus was tempted and tried, he gave himself to what? Prayer and fasting. See, if you live a life of prayer and fasting, Certain attacks can't hold in your life. Are you with me? It will be easy for you to decipher that this one happening is not an attack. And as I said, you will, you will see grace and ease. You will see the ministrations of God's presence and peace around your life. Eh? The only thing that will be consistent is that you will notice that the circumstance you are trying to remove yourself from that God doesn't want you to go. Are you with me? For example, that's why sometimes be mindful of the prayer you pray. It can be God answering your prayer. Many years ago, I prayed to God. I said, make me a father. I want to be a father. From experience, don't pray that prayer. <laughs> the dealing on it is terrible. The kind of father we become in the kingdom is not such like the physical father. 
is like the one on the life of Joseph. Because one of the dealings that will come upon your life is that your brothers will try to finish you off. They will sell you out. Meanwhile, the dealings will be such that you will still, in spite of that challenges from your father, from your mother, from your brothers, from your friends, you will still sustain a heart that is willing to help them. Realizing that even though they are doing that thing to you, that their help is in you. That is what it means to be a father. Anyway, it's not me that desired it. I had an encounter and a prophetic word came when I was doing you service and it was confirmed. And God told me some things. I won't tell you. If, I, if people hear it now, it will cause trouble for me. So let me keep it for myself. If we didn't trash it, well, you can still send it to God's love. I think this is the last. Okay, we are finished. I want you to thank God in one minute for this teaching. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Give me some. Let me. Let's ventilate in our spirit. My father in the Lord said that we shape the world with the anointing. But we shape it with our character. We will be complete. We will not be lacking in anything. We will be men of power. And men of character. We will cast out devil. Heal the sick. We will forgive. We will give. And we will be compassionate. Jesus. Mighty name we pray. Our 